You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and I'm joined by Mike, of course, as always. Hello. So, tonight we are doing a fairly heavy episode, it is my understanding, on some some issues that have come up recently that, you know, we'd like to hope that we were over, but apparently we're not. Apparently we're just not over it. And so I'm going to issue a trigger warning right now. We are going to be talking about violence. Not just violence in the terms of the new God of War video game. No, I'm talking about violence against marginalized people. Specifically right now, the shooting that happened in Colorado at a gay club. Because Jesus... Well, so, uh, yes, you are you are correct. Our topic for tonight is, well, our, our topic proper tonight is actually magic against human violence. Um, and I think it, it's good, you were just mentioning this, Austin, it's good for us to clarify at this point that we are in no way, in, in talking about this on this episode, in no way are we trying to say that magic should be the only way that we handle this particular issue, right? We need to handle issues that we see with violence in, well, every culture and community in our world. Um, We need to handle this, of course, in very mundane, practical ways, right? We need to vote. We Mm -hmm. need to rally. We need to do what we can to build community. Punch your local Nazi. We need to do all these things, right? Um, But but we are, once again, we are a podcast devoted to this discussion of witchcraft and spiritual practice. And so we are going to be talking about magic and using magic as a weapon against violence. And you mentioned the attack on, uh, was it Club Q, I believe it was? I think so, yeah. Club Q in uh, Colorado Springs in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we, of course, we did not do an episode last week because of a holiday. Uh, but we also, um, I don't know that I personally was really in the best frame of mind last week to really record an episode on particularly this topic. Um, I think I was still feeling very angry and hurt. And also I think um, just tired, you know, like this, this, it just seems like with each year we just go further back. We just, we're not progressing anymore. We're just taking huge steps backwards as it would relate to human and civil rights. But uh, anyway, so we are going to be talking about that, but that is not the only issue that we're dealing with or seeing seeing around violence recently. You know, we, we still are, though we don't really see it talked about much at this point. There is still a huge war going on in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. The uh, government, the uh, theocratic government of uh, Iran is still doing what it can to oppress and silence its citizens, right? Um, this is just this is just something that's happening everywhere. Um, this is just the world that we live in, and it's really unfortunate because we have at our fingertips the means to just be kind people and kind to our fellow man. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's not how that works because it's always about power or it's always about who's swinging the bigger bat between their legs. And it's always men. It's always men, though there are some horrible female politicians out there as well. We really do. It's funny you say that because we we live in a world now through the progress of our science, our medicine, mm-hmm. our technology, and the systems that we have in place to it, to fairly and effectively distribute wealth. We we really we have it within our means right now to live in what could in essence be as damn close to utopia as I think humanity would ever get. 
And this is going to make me sound like, you know, like a socialist or, or a, a communist, maybe, in the eyes of some of the conservative idiots who don't know what that really means. Um, but well, I'm pretty sure none of those listen to our podcast. But I'm going to be, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, I, it is my personal belief that the reason that we continue to see so much struggle in our world really is, to be honest, because of all of the wealth hoarders in our world. We have people like Elon Musk, who is a garbage human being. He's a piece of shit. He should die horribly. Um, but people like him and his ilk, who are wealth hoarders, and I know he likes to call himself a billionaire, and if we're being technical, yes, he does have billions of dollars, uh, but he's not a billionaire, he's a wealth hoarder. And if you are a wealth hoarder, you are a garbage human being, and you deserve to die. Um, anyway, we are, to be clear, we are talking tonight about violence associated with what we commonly view, uh, excuse me, we're not talking about violence, really, um, that we most commonly associate with crime, though these are, are all absolutely crimes against humanity, okay? We're not talking about, like, street crime, we're not talking about violence in this capacity, we're talking about violence that is a component of the bigger agendas and coordinated efforts um, by certain people, governments, militias, whatever you want to call them, churches, whatever you want to call them out there, uh, to harm uh, particular communities of people uh, who most likely are already marginalized in some way. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit of the, um, I'm going to wax philosophical for a moment, Austin, because I'd like to kind of pick your brain on this a little bit, because I have to check myself on these ideas sometimes. I know that my moral compass is more than slightly skewed, um, and I, I tend to think about some of these things a little bit differently, maybe. Uh, but on a societal level, I think from the time that we are very small, most of us are taught that, you know, violence is bad, right? From the yes. very young age, we're all kind of told, like, don't hit, mm -hmm. right? Don't, don't do these things, right? This is not good. Um, and while I want to say I think that it is important that we are given those lessons, that we are told that, you know, violence shouldn't be the answer to all of our problems, I also want to say that I, I don't personally be believe that violence is necessarily a, a no-no. Um, you know, I don't agree with this idea that, that violence is something that we should never, ever see as an option. And I know that's going to sound that idea, saying that, you know, that's going to seem like that's going to run very contrary to the topic of our podcast tonight, but okay, but, you know, I'm, I'm leading you somewhere with this, I assure you, okay? Um, but I, I kind of think that violence and to behave violently, I think it's something that actually is inherent in our behavior as humans. Well, yes, we're animals. Exactly. I was gonna. I was wondering if you were gonna throw that out there, you know. And I like to when we talk about this, you know, we talk about you know humanity being something that could be we could describe ourselves maybe as like the divine animal, right? In that we are animal and primitive. Mm -hmm. Still, anybody who hears this who's like primitive, what are you talking about? We we are we're now into the holiday shopping season, and I can't wait for the stories of all of the people getting trampled at WalMarts to start to roll in if they haven't already. And you want to talk about primal Neanderthal behavior? You look at a bunch of people trying to be the first one into a Walmart on Black Friday. Uh, you know, uh, anyway, people die. We kill people for the the latest toy, right? Or the whatever the the door buster deal is, right? Um, and think nothing of it. Yep. Right. Um, anyway, um, and I want to be really clear. I'm not trying to applaud or excuse violence in human behavior. I just it seems to me, based on the, knowing the way that we work as humans, it's inherent. It is, and we we haven't really seemed to it's evolve part beyond of our DNA. it yet, right? It's a part of our DNA. It's it's a part of every animal's DNA. When any animal 
any sentient being is provoked, it triggers the fight or flight mechanism, the flight or flight response. And depending on the just nature of that animal, they will fight or they will fly. Um, taking something as simple as like a dolphin. Dolphins can be really freaking violent. They can be really violent, but they can also be very sweet and they can also be very docile. Yeah, It's all around that person. You know, I'm not apt to physical violence just because that's not who I am as a person. Yeah. That's not yeah. within me. Have I been physically violent? Mm-hmm. Yes. But usually it's not because of something geared towards me. It's geared towards someone that I love or care about. Yeah. Well, and in that situation, I think that would be seen as somewhat different because in that moment you're responding. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's going to kind of lead me to where I guess I wanted to go next. Right. Because I, in, in making the, the statement that I believe that violence is inherent in humanity, one of the ways that I have seen this over the years is in situations where after a, many, many years of abuse and oppression, ultimately one group of people has finally risen up and they have said, no fucking more. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, it is almost always a violent reaction to whatever the initial oppression is that really is kind of what gets shit done, right? Like if you are someone who has made it your goal to demean and harm and victimize another person, another community, another group of people, and then the people in that community actually like take up weapons against you right you you might think a little bit about maybe i'm not gonna hit you this time right Mm -hmm. maybe i'm gonna stop being such a piece of shit right because you're gonna hurt me right um people finally get to the point where like we're done with your tyranny we're Mm -hmm. not going to be your victims anymore right and historically that is something that we see like any kind of turnaround on a situation like that has almost always involved some sort of like violent movement right the peaceful the pacifists that shit doesn't work anymore and i'm not to be honest i'm not entirely sure it ever did i don't think that there's ever been a situation where we've seen someone actually say oh no please continue to violate me and my people please continue to do this right we're just going to turn the other cheek we're just going to continue to let you do this right i don't think historically we've ever seen a situation where that approach has actually gotten the oppressor the aggressor the attacker the beater the you know whoever they are i don't think that approach has ever gotten the bad guy to actually stop being the bad guy right we've talked about this on the podcast before you know we talk about you know the only way that you can really beat a bully sometimes is to bully the bully mm-hmm. you know and i'm not again i'm not advocating the use of violence but that's one of the things that i go back to again and again when this conversation comes up around well we can't really fight violence with violence we can't really fight hate with hate you know and it's like you know and in theory and in conversation yes what a beautiful sentiment but if somebody pulls a gun on me i'm not gonna go please yes shoot me i love you i'm gonna go see me motherfucker because i've got a gun too you know, and and we're gonna see you know where that goes. So, bringing this back to witchcraft, okay? We know that as traditional practice practitioners, okay, it's very important for us whether you would identify as a witch, an occultist, a folk magician, whatever you call yourself, right? But if you're really doing the work. You know, if you're not just like some Pinterest witch or someone who is just, you know, superficially dabbling in whatever the hell it is that you think is witchcraft, if you're really doing it, really doing it, right? And I know that's going to make me sound like gatekeeping and an asshole, but I don't care. Um, We know that we, as a part of that work, we need to deprogram. 
mm-hmm. and we need to decon or, or recondition, excuse me, recondition our thinking on when it uh, when it comes to what is quote unquote normal by society's standards, mm-hmm. right? And so where I'm going with that is if we live in a society that sees violence as acceptable, our country, for instance, the U.S., which is a goddamn shit show, and I fucking hate it. How as can we, as magical practitioners, how can we look at the values of that society, which very clearly, I mean, the NRA basically fucking runs our country. Look at our politicians. Mm-hmm. They run and cower whenever the NRA shakes their fucking, you know, their, their lobbyists get going, right? So anyway, we know that because the value of our culture and our country is violence, they value violence. Mm-hmm. They always have, really. That's always been a component of American culture. Well, they follow a god of violence. Like, well, Christianity for sure. Uh, but how do we pick that apart? Or how can we approach that in in a way that prevents us from being controlled by that same value or that belief as witches or practi- magical practitioners of some sort. I guess basically what I'm saying is what can we do to say this is a, a societal value that is clearly fucked up and wrong mm-hmm. and I'm not taking part anymore. I'm saying no. Okay, And looking at violence from the perspective of this is something that I hope I never have to become involved in. I hope I never have to react with this. Mm-hmm. But in the pursuit of defending myself or people, someone I love, hell yeah, I'm going to get violent. Well, so if we look at, with everything, you have to find the root, right? And so the root of violence, most would say, is anger. Okay. Yeah. But what's the root of anger? Well, I mean, if you look at, and, I, and I'm going to actually, I don't know that this is really still something that would qualify like in contemporary behavioral science, but I know several years back, like when I was in college, and that was a long time ago, um, but when I was in school, the theory at that point was that uh, hateful behavior, uh, which usually yields violence, mm-hmm. was rooted in anger, but it is anger that builds from fear. Yes. I, I actually think that's still true to this day. Okay. Um as I, I'm a witch, we all know I'm a witch, right? Um, what? What? I know. Um, but I'm also a Reiki practitioner, and are you saying you heal people with Reiki and or, and there's hate? Is it hate key? No. Oh, it's okay. Not hate key. Okay, gotcha. But the principles of Reiki are, you know, the very first one is for today, for today only, anger not. And when you're learning level one Reiki, what you're doing is you're going through the process of what what is that, right? Mm-hmm. For today only, anger not. Anger is an illusion rooted in fear. Because mm-hmm. it is. If I'm getting angry because... We'll just, we'll just use a very odd example I'm going to pull out, put out of the top of my head that, I, that has never happened, actually. Um, but let's say we had a teacher at the shop who did something... Who is teaching teaching something, and they? I got angry because of how they were teaching it. I'm not angry because I think they could do better. I'm angry because how was that? I'm afraid of how that's going to make the shop look. I'm afraid of what that's going to make the rest of us look like. Okay. You know, it's not or that, potential damage that could be happening to the students, or potential class, da- right? and and fear of damage that could happen to the students. So that's why I would be angry not because i'm angry okay 
Okay, so I, I want to follow up to some of what you were just explaining, okay? Because you, you talk about how in the spiritual component, uh, that's not the right word, the belief, we'll say, mm -hmm. the philosophy behind Reiki, okay, you talk about how anger is seen as an illusion, which is a very uh, Taoist, Buddhist mm -hmm. kind of a way of looking at it. Well, that's through Reiki. Um, you know, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that, okay? But, but I also know that in prior episodes, we've talked about anger as a is a powerful force of transformation and motivation. And so I guess there's just a part of me that's kind of like, I, I don't know that I would agree entirely in, in with the, the statement that anger is an illusion. Because I think if we can harness it in the right way, anger can actually really help us get shit done. Well, it can, but still, what we'd be doing is we'd be transmuting that anger into something productive. Because yes. just sitting and fuming and being angry yeah. is not productive. So it yeah. would therefore still be an illusion. It's an illusion of what we're actually dealing with and the potential of what we can actually move forward with. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to... Okay, moving on. Okay. All right. I'm not disagreeing with you necessarily, but I also kind of am... No, I get where, you, I get um, where you're coming anyway. from. Because when I teach my Reiki class, everyone circles with that one. Yeah. Particularly because usually I have a whole bunch of witches in my class, and these are all witches who have taken like all of our other classes. I'm like, so it's bad to be angry? No healthy to be angry yeah. but anger in and of itself is rooted in fear fear water fear of insecurity fear of failure mm -hmm. fear of whatever yeah right mm -hmm. so really the idea that i'm just angry because i'm angry really is just an illusion you're not angry because you're angry you're angry because you're afraid of something and usually it's ego-centered uh, yeah, well, I mean, ego does certainly pop up, you know, when we look at that concept, particularly as one that uh, I think continues to see a lot of, um, we'll just say ego, I think it's a lot of bad press. Yes, it does. Within the contemporary, the new age spiritual community. Most definitely. There's this idea that ego is like, this is a bad thing and you should, you know, I, I, I listen to, uh, or I, I see like usually on social media, these light workers, these wannabe gurus that are always like, you should kill your ego or ego death is a component of enlightenment. And these are people who I, they would not be able to recognize spiritual enlightenment if, if it was forced upon them. Um, but, uh, the concept of ego death is an interesting one to me because I it's it's bullshit. The at least the what, what people think that means that's bullshit. That doesn't exist. To be able to kill your ego means that you, in essence, you kill yourself. Yes, because and, the ego is what tells you who you are. Yes, and and trust me, as as an occultist, I, there are moments where I was like, oh god, if I could absolutely dissolute my identity and my being within this world and this timeline, whatever the hell you want to call it, how amazing would that be? Some days. Um, but, you know, but I don't think that's possible. And in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't serve any good because it, what a selfish thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so in talking about that, though, I think it's important to look at, you know, yes, ego can certainly be a factor because ego is something that is a bit, very much a component of survival, right? We have to have some awareness of self. We have to have some concept or value of self to determine that self is worthy of or deserves to be safe right we have to understand like this is something that could harm me right and i don't want to be harmed so i'm going to do something to react i'm going to run away right or i'm going to you know rear up and, and make myself look real big so that whatever it is that wants to hurt me is maybe maybe it'll be afraid and it won't hurt me right that is all going to be rooted somewhat in ego mm -hmm. um you know and not just ego but id right we've got a lot mm -hmm. going on there psychologically right so anyway um 
So moving on from that, okay. I getting back to you know kind of where we're at. So looking again specifically violence, you know, and again with the concept that violence is something that would be rooted in fear. As magical practitioners, Austin, what what can we do? What can we do to really look at and address fear? And I just I don't mean I I don't mean particularly in the context of violence. I'm just talking about fear as something that is a natural. We feel this. It's not something that we should try to get rid of because we really we can't. Well, you you already um, said it. You feel it. Okay. Actually, feeling your fear, allowing yourself to connect with it. And kind of going down that rabbit hole of, well, what if? Okay, but what if? Okay, or what then? What then? Okay. You know, doing some philosophical exercises. So you're doing like the the, the, the exercise that the Stoics used to do. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. That right. really does kind of bring it all into perspective. What is the worst thing that's going to happen if your, if your fear is true? Okay. And well, because then, very often it isn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, now, when we're talking about fear around things like politics, those things are very true. They are very yeah. real. And that is something we do need to be afraid of. That is something that the fear needs to be transmuted into something productive, not something where we just sit by and light a candle and fling energy at it and put Supreme Court names and lemons with salt. Yeah. You know, you need to do more than that. So I'm going to say, as much as we're going to talk about magical, how we can magically approach this, I'm going to reiterate. If you want to see change, get the fuck out there and vote. It starts at your local level. Well, I mean, as far as the voting is concerned, a lot of people do and did. <clears throat> you know, and we had, I think, uh, a lot less damage done to our democracy at the midterms this year than I think a lot of us were anticipating. Thank God. Well, I'm also talking about <clears throat> locally. Well, that's what I'm talking about. We're talking about the people that are here at home mm -hmm. or near home who are, are, you know, the ones that are kind of dictating the, the, the flow of the country outside of Washington, mm -hmm. D.C., right? Yeah. Well, and even, even, even closer to, like, your city officials. Yeah. Not, not just, not just, you know, we're in Salt Lake City, so therefore we need to focus on the big ones in Salt Lake City. No, we need to focus on even closer who does... It does it in our jurisdiction, and we need to focus on them magically because yeah. that's what's going to get it done. Yeah, that's true. You know, we really, you know, people talk a lot about like grassroots kinds of movements, right? Mm -hmm. And you're you're right. Yeah, you know, sometimes being able to, you know, light light the fire in your backyard first, and mm -hmm. then then set your neighbor's house on fire. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, but anyway. Okay, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about because we we are focusing so much on physical violence. Uh, physical human violence as it would relate to actual like like you know gunshots are being fired people are being beaten you know bombs are being dropped right um, but I, I think it's important to, for us to kind of expand that a little bit with the you know the, the conversation around does does violence always have to involve physical attack no violence can involve verbal assault uh -huh. emotional assault intellectual assault spiritual assault well, I think we see, I mean, a perfect example of that, you know, when I talk about this, and this is always a conversation that comes up when I'm dealing with <clears throat> usually like a very new witch or someone who is um, really trying to process a lot of confusion around uh, things like, 
you know, the law of return, mm-hmm. you know, or the your karma, or these kinds of concepts, right? That are we know are so horribly misunderstood. Um, you know, but in having conversations with people and talking about, you know, issues like this where, you know, if someone attacks you, you are within your right to, to return that attack, right? Yes. Um, you know, and talking about that and they're like, well, you know, violence, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, but, you know, but in talking about violence as something that doesn't have to be a physical force, one of the examples that I always like to try to, to draw, you know, people's attention to because this is something that's relatable. People can see this and get it, right? Is the phenomena of trolls, and and incels that we mm-hmm. see popping up all over the internet, right? There's not a social media platform out there now that anybody is a part of that does not have the trolls running around on it, right? And and these are basically these are pathetic keyboard warriors who usually, you know, for the most part, I would say at least the majority of them, they're all talk, right? Mm-hmm. But there is impact to the things that they say. There are things that they can do, things they do 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 do. Ha ha ha. Sorry, I'm getting tired and stupid. There are things that they do that, um, you know, with cyberbullying and things, uh, doxing people and things like these are violent actions. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have to pull the trigger on a gun. You didn't have to raise your fist, right? All you had to do is type a sentence out and hit enter on your keyboard, and you have violently attacked someone, right? Um, because you just don't know who else might possibly follow up on that, right? So, so. This is this is I think an issue that we see happening in that you know I also we also see this right now being a huge issue we know particularly when we look at uh, the situation that happened at Club Q in Colorado Springs a couple weeks back we know that one of the things that was happening that was leading up to that act of gun violence that occurred and affected the LGBTQ plus community right leading up to that was a lot of very hateful rhetoric from politicians mostly far right mm-hmm. you know conservative politicians you know and they they call themselves that you know they're they're right conservative politicians and really we know what they really are they're fascists Mm -hmm. they are uh really kind of working toward a theocracy or they would like that except they don't really have any real concept of what religion really is because most of them are probably the most the least christian people possible but they do love to wave that flag right and so so many of them even are openly now you've got idiots like marjorie taylor green who i swear to god you want to talk about a closet lesbian? Marjorie Taylor Greene is definitely a lesbian. I'm sorry. I get my gaydar goes off, and it's not just a gaydar thing. It's a psychic kind of a thing, mm-hmm. right? LGBTQ plus people have a very different energetic wavelength spiritually. And every time I look at that woman, I don't even need to be in the same room. Every time I see her fucking cave woman face pop up on my, my TV or my computer screen, big old lesbian. And there's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. except she's a fucking hypocrite and a liar. And she is build a political campaign for herself off of making harmful and hurtful statements and doing hateful things against the LGBTQ plus community. So the, all I'm going to say is there's a special place in hell for that bitch. Anyway, but people like her, Christian nationalists, you know, uh, hellfire pastors, what's the name of that fucking church? Stone Beacon? What is it called? Where they, they do their videos of them all over the internet. They were like, oh, uh, gay people should be put to death. Blah, 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 blah. Westboro? Pastor, well, they were one of them, right? Except Westboro kind of imploded a few years back. They uh-huh. still exist. But I think once Fred Phelps, the guy that he ran that shit show, died, I think that like their 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 vitriol kind of kind of waned a little bit. They're still just as hateful, I'm sure, but they're not as public about mm-hmm. it, um, you know. And uh, but you've got idiots like like that Greg Greg Abbott fool, mm-hmm. you know, who who definitely is, which is in the Waffle House. 
I'm right, what a moron. Waffle House witches? He's not even really a pastor. The man has, like, no real formal biblical training, at least nothing none that I've been able to determine. Most of them know. I think he's got, like, a certificate from, like, some Bible college, but, you know, but, like, pff, what does that most, even mean? Most of them nowadays you know? don't. He took, a, he took an Udemy course on how to be a reverend. Um, anyway, but the man's clearly a fool. And for him to be as preoccupied as he is with what gay people are doing in their bedrooms, once again, probably tells me that he's probably also a huge closet case. Yeah. Uh, because why? Well, otherwise, why would you care? Um, your God sure as hell doesn't. Um, anyway, back on track. These people, though, these are they're, these are usually the people. They're not throwing punches. You know, they're not pulling triggers. You know, not physically, but no. verbally. Oh God, they sure are inciting a hell of a lot of other people well, to do it. Exactly. What they're doing is they're manipulating. Yeah, they're they're planning the fear. Yes. In these people, right? Because they spin that story like these, like the the thing that we're hearing from these people now. You know, the thing that's really blown up in the last year, at least, is you know, like like LGBTQ plus people were all groomers, right? Just because oh, yeah. we want to actually be able to claim our identity, right? We want to be able to actually say like or identify as, yes, I'm gay, yes, I'm trans, yes, I'm whatever the hell I am, right? Mm-hmm. And even that, even that, is somehow grooming Ma and Pa Kettle's children. Mm-hmm. Right, and you know, and it's ridiculous. Though it's I will wrong. tell you this: most gay people were like kids. There's a reason we don't have them. Well, I know a lot of gay people who do have children. Oh, well, good for them. Um, you know, uh, actually, most of my lesbian friends at this point have children. Good for them. Um, yeah, you know, and a lot of gay men adopt children too, right? Or we good go for the process of sur- processes of surrogacy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The issue isn't children. Okay, the issue is is the lies mm-hmm. and the stories that these people spin to try to back their agendas, and that's exactly what this is. And you can bet at the end of it all, because at the core, not only are these people totally riddled with fear or ruled by fear, they are also ruled by greed. And many of these people build very powerful political platforms and very wealthy churches mm-hmm. for themselves with this shit that they spew. Because all you need to do is plant fear in someone and they will do whatever they need to to get you to defend them. Yep. Right? Including give you every red cent that they have. Mm-hmm. Right? So, that being said, okay, um, let's talk about the idea, again, of using magic or some form of spiritual power to kind of turn some of these situations around, right? And you kind of touched upon this a little bit at the beginning, but I do want to talk about this because I think that this is something that I hear a lot popping up in the witchcraft and occult communities, right? And I know you've heard this too, right? You've heard this too, okay? But there's this idea that something like spell work, something like magic, something like whatever you want to call it, prayer, who the hell knows, whatever you identify it as, right? There's this idea that it is impossible or that you should not be focusing on impacting or affecting change to community. You said this yourself a moment ago. You're like, focus on what's close at home. Focus on your leaders and your political Mm -hmm. powers here close to home, right? And yes, absolutely, right? But is that to say that you couldn't still do a working or that you couldn't still try to focus power in a way that was going to ultimately create some sort of change or manifest change in an entire community? No, no, I think you can do that. But it's going to be more effective if you don't spread that power too thin. Well, well, absolutely. You know, yeah. uh, I do believe in the law of contagion. Okay. Um, where, do you want to explain that a little bit? So the law of contagion is where you plant something somewhere or you do something and because it starts in one place and it moves to the others, eventually it spreads, right? So we see this in, it, it didn't used to be like this in the Catholic Church, but in the Catholic Church, um, you put holy water 
in water that's plain water, it becomes holy water through the act through the law of contagion. Mm-hmm. Um, just like if you put the a bottle of water out in the sun, sun water, mm-hmm. and then boom, moon hits it, it is contaminated, and is now moon water. You know, so so that's what the law of contagion is. So no, you can most definitely do it to affect a large group, but you're gonna find that it's going to be more effective if you focus first on a small group, because then if you focus on a small group, it will snowball. Mm-hmm. I find personally, if you work your spell correctly, yeah. um, and it will go from one person to two people, okay. and then from those two people to four people, okay, then four people, to and eight. They tell their friends, and they tell a friend, and so on, yeah, and so on. Um, very old commercial. Um, anyway, so okay, so let's talk about that a little bit more, okay? Because I, 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 I can see truth to both of those statements right mm-hmm. one that yes you don't want to spread your energy too thin but at the same time you that does not mean that you cannot effectively work against community or a community right of, of course people or a system of some sort maybe that is oppressing you right on a magical level right mm-hmm. you should be certainly working against those things on a mundane level as well absolutely mm-hmm. right um you know but um but on a magical level right so what about this let's talk about strategy for something like this okay so say you're dealing with and oh god i don't know there are so many now okay you have this collection of very right-wing christian nationalist republican politicians Mm -hmm. that you know are really kind of hold a lot of influence over washington these days right and you know and there are many of them right you've got like that that the angry turtle mcconnell you've got uh what's his name fucking mccarthy i mean my god what an appropriate name he would like to take us back to the mccarthy era um you know you've got all of these people right um and in the mix you've also got Lindsay ladybugs graham right um and so in focusing on maybe an, an attack on those people and for the sake of the secret service and the fbi who might potentially hear this i'm not planning an attack on any of these people i'm just exercising my first amendment rights um anyway but in focusing say something an effort of some sort on these people to try to get them to back the fuck off to stop being so shady and evil to different marginalized communities you could look at one member of that group right Mm -hmm. who you believe might have a couple of things going on right they would have say the ability to influence the thoughts and the behaviors of the others in the group Mm -hmm. right but they would also be one of the members of that group that had would or would be likely to have the least amount of protection Mm -hmm. right because that is something we need to consider if we're going to be sending energy at something right we have to be mindful of like what could be coming between me and this other person Mm -hmm. right on an energetic or a protective kind of a level Right. So say in that group of people I mentioned, you know, you're looking at this group and you're like, you know what? Well, these people all seem to be higher up in the Senate and these people all seem to hold the respect or the sway over these particular groups and and, and political pacts and lobbyists and whatever. Right. Um, but, you know, good old Lindsey Graham. Right. He's kind of out there just on his own, you know, flailing his chins and his limp wrists. You know, and and trying to huff and puff and blow everybody's house down, right? Because God forbid they be anything other than a cis white man, mm-hmm. right? And um, you know, and so you target him, and you say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna do something that's going to prevent you from being able to show up at this this conference. We're gonna do something that's gonna prevent you from being able to speak this hateful thing, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, you know, and that's not all you could do, right? You could get real creative, right? And so, so you do this thing, right? And then who knows, you see the result of that maybe start to kind of domino, right? And pretty soon some of his cronies and his buddies have decided, you know what? I'm not gonna go speak at that conference either, right? That shit can happen. Mm-hmm. That, that shit can work like that, I've seen it, okay? So what, what would you say in, when working something like that, Austin, what kind of additional guidance maybe would you have for people that are like, I, you know, I wanna work a curse on the entire KKK. You know, I want to hex the Proud Boys. You know, I want to, I want to do something horrible to the NRA, right? You know, magically, right? Focus on the weakest link. Okay. Yeah. The weakest link is not, is hardly ever going to have any protection, and the weakest link is usually going to be the one who's just the pawn. Yeah. If you take out the pawn, or if you take out the weak link, other things will follow. Mm-hmm. You know. Even if that's something more along the lines of, obviously, we know that most of the members of the KKK most likely do not have any form of education. So, oh, I don't know. Some of those people are very intelligent. That's that's why they're able to. That's why they've been around as fucking long as they have, and it, it pains me. It will be higher to ups, say probably. that. It pains me but to the, say. But that. the low life nobodies. Mm-hmm. Who's to say you couldn't? go ahead and curse them and yeah. they get COVID and then they spread that COVID and RSV at, their, at their next rally at their next rally and everyone there gets it and it super spreads and then oh no the grand dragon the grand wizard whatever the fuck his name is yeah. he gets it and because he's virently anti-vax most likely he's probably not gonna make it yeah oh and that would be a contagion spell. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good example. Ooh. My septum retainer just fell out. Oh, weird. I've been crossed. No. Um. Okay. All right. So anyway, so let's get let's get back to my questions. Okay. So we've got. You know, we we with all that chatter, right? Because really, at the end of it, I don't know that that even really fucking means anything. Okay. But all right. So beyond again once again beyond physical mundane ways of doing so mm-hmm. how can we combat violence magically let's let's talk about this and i want to get practical okay because there are a number of ways we can do this right and so i'd like to kind of go through each okay mm-hmm. and i'd like us both maybe to kind of contribute some information or some ideas mm-hmm. right because we're all about educating and teaching right you know um it gets very difficult for me sometimes particularly on this episode i since the club q thing has happened i have been just on a low boil for like two weeks now and i've been trying really really hard not to put that out there, but I am just, I'm very angry right now. And even people around me that don't deserve that, even those people, I'm kind of like, you have no fucking clue. Like you have no, I'm talking people who are not a part of the LGBTQ plus community, yeah. right? You have no clue, no clue. Even allies are like, we feel so bad. We feel so bad. It's like, we're well, really, really think about how we felt. It's like, who'd you vote for last time? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, not only that, did but you like, vote at all? Well, not only you that, know? but like, let's, let's look at this. When has a straight couple ever had to be afraid of walking down the street holding hands? Uh, well, they don't. Exactly. You know? When and has so, a straight couple well, ever had I, to? When has a straight couple ever been like, "Oh no, I'm gonna, we're, we're gonna go to a bar with our friends"? Y- you don't have to think that. Ever since, ever since the mass shooting in Florida those years ago, ever since then. Yeah. It's been well, like those, that shit's been happening forever though. Like, like the whole thing, like with with people shooting up 
bar, uh, you know, a, an LGBT plus bar or a queer bar. That, I mean, that's always been the case. Yeah. You know, that's gone, that goes all the way back, right? I mean, you know, that's always, yeah, anyway. And I, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to like turn this into a let shit on straight people or people who are non LGBTQ plus. I'm not trying to go there, okay? Because, uh, you know, we, we have many, many family members, many, many friends, people, you know, people that support the shop that, you know, that are, that are, are, you know, you know, heterosexual people, right? So nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to go there. I guess the the, the issue in, in saying that was like I'm, I've been struggling in recent days with this, like, okay, you know, like looking at some of those other people and wondering, like, okay, are, is my community ever going to get to a point where we can truly feel the same level of safety that you do when it comes to just just the concept of self-identity and the way you get to live your life around that identity yeah right and you know and there's this tiny part of me that like you know i can't say i'm jealous but at the same time i'm kind of bitter that we don't have that um so the first thing that i want to talk about once again kind of shifting this back to the practical okay the first thing i want to talk about is protection yes protection magic all right so <clears throat> Austin, would you like to go first or would you like maybe me to volunteer something? So how would you tell our listeners? How would you personally? You're volunteering me. No, I'm not telling you. No, I'm asking you the question. How would you personally, if you would like to share something and now, how would you personally go about crafting a working of protection for ideally, right? Obviously, if it's protection, these are for people who are mm -hmm. being victimized, mm -hmm. right? Or being attacked. So the people in the Ukraine, the people at Club Q, you know, I mean, and the tricky thing about protection is it's like you have to anticipate that there's a threat, right? But mm -hmm. with these communities, there's always a fucking threat. Mm -hmm. So how would you go about crafting something like that? Like, a working of protection for a community of people. Kill the patriarchy. <laughs> that's the, not protection. That's attack. We're talking about protection. So if we're going to do something, if I'm going to focus on the LGBTQ community, since that's the one that I'm closest to, um, which is so weird because I'm bad gay. Um, <clears throat> It doesn't have to be the LGBTQ. LGBT, you know, the thing is, most of the people who attack the LGBTQ plus community, these are the exact same extremists, extremist kinds of personalities that attack the BIPOC community. I would do a binding. Bindings this are really... This is protective magic. We're talking protection. Bindings can be protective. If you're no, halting we're not, so someone... We're not talking, we're, we're going to get to that. Okay. okay. Okay, so I would go to my local hangouts for the LGBTQ places. Okay. Um, and I would bury talismans of protection there. Okay. Is what I would do. All right. Um, which would make me look odd, but alas, I'm a fucking witch. What so would, what would do, just, just, just very quickly, briefly, like, can you identify or can you clarify, like, what, what do you mean by the realm, in realm of talismans of protection? I would do a very large uh, fiery wall of protection spell. Okay. Um, where I would enchant multiple objects probably something more along the lines of like a like like i do it like a saint michael spike probably okay um and so i would do that and in a fiery wall protection spell without reviewing revealing too much of that uh, basically what you do is you specify a particular target you are protecting from okay okay mm -hmm. um this is a lot of candle work fiery wall protection mm -hmm. you need fiery wall protection oil you need um, Angelica Root, Dragon's Blood, and 
uh, frankincense and myrrh usually you'll throw in there okay um and then you'd be powdered and that's what you're going to use to actually sense the space now if you wanted to you could probably sense that area as well just to make sure that that energy gets there so if you have the luxury of doing and by sense you're talking like using a sensor yes to like to do like ritual smoke yes okay gotcha um not smudging smudging is a closed practice uh-huh. um but so you could do that enchant these items utilizing the proper prayers incantations evocations and then once everything is done you can take those talismans and deliver them to the club okay okay or the bar or the gathering place wherever that is and if you really wanted to you could specify um particular people who work there as well okay um and use that as an act of contagion so for example we know someone who works at a gay bar or a gay club i could enchant a firewall protection thing and hope and pray that this person would wear this when they go to their job I was just going to ask, like, that would be, like, you could approach maybe people say that maybe they were uh, working as bartenders. Yes. At that bar, right? And you mm-hmm. could, you know, and it could be something really simple, right? It doesn't even need to be a witchy kind of a thing, mm-hmm. right? It could be, like, something as simple as, like, a pin that they might wear on, yep. uh, you know, oh, God, what are they called? A lanyard. Yep. Right? Like, but you've you've enchanted or have charged that pin, mm-hmm. like, this is protective, right? Yep. This tiny pin is like a tiny shield, mm-hmm. right? And every time you wear this while you are in this space, this is going to create a, a network or a web of protection around this space. And everyone you connect with and interact with receives that protection. <coughs> okay. <coughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, that's what I would do. Another thing you could do, um, uh, you could do, I know everyone loves their jar spells. Um, uh, jar spells can be very effective. You could do protection jar spells in the sense of like naming the jar for that place. Okay. And then putting things in the jar that would be innately protective and representative of that space and then consistently working that and letting it build up a charge consistently okay okay um now for the ukraine i'm gonna sound like a bad witch but that's a little out of my wheelhouse there's so much more that we could be doing um i am not physically present there at the ukraine so it's hard for me to deliver spell items but what I can do is I can have my people talk to their people (laughs) for lack of a better term uh, and see if there's some way we can deliver that you say protection but who are the people who need the protection the most? Well, and that's and you do need to figure that out, you know. Right. And the Ukraine is really demand is probably for this particular conversation. This the Ukraine is probably a poor example because we're not really dealing with one community of people in the Ukraine. Though I though I realize that's what it is. We're dealing with. I mean that that's a country. Mm-hmm. Right? You're dealing with a country that is under a violent onslaught, a war mm-hmm. from another country with a a horrible dictator who also needs to die horribly and burn in hell. Um, so anyway. So, uh, yeah, so we've, we've got that going on. So, again, so probably not the best example, but but I think given, you know, say if you were someone that was in that area of the world, right, and, you know, at the very least, you could do maybe some of similar things to what you were just describing. Mm-hmm. So, like, around maybe the village that you live in, right, mm-hmm. the town that you live in, right? Like, I'm going to, you know, do something to consecrate this particular space. This will be the one space in town that doesn't get bombed. This will mm-hmm. be the one neighborhood in town that doesn't get raided by Russian soldiers, Right. This will be, and you can do those things, and those things can work. Mm-hmm. They do work. Um, okay. All right. 
<clears throat> no, I should say. You could also petition patron saints of that area. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If yeah. you, I mean, there are some people who are <clears throat> yep. like, eh, saints, Christianity. But you have to understand that the masses there aren't going to understand witchcraft, most likely. So you'd have okay. to petition those saints. But if you petition those saints, you're going to need a go-between. Um, you're going to need a spirit that you work very closely with um, to help act as a bridge. Well, I, I think, you know, it's, it's fair to mention, since you bring it up, that saints, if for some reason saints aren't your jam, that many of the uh, pagan gods, many of the deities that uh, that many of us in these, you know, these alternative spiritual communities, many of those deities that we work with also are patrons mm-hmm. to particular physical areas of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, we teach the the course on Hecate that we do there, we talk about the epithet of Hecate Zerinthia, mm-hmm. right? And the only reason that whole epithet exists is because there's a tiny little mountain town in the Mediterranean named Zerinthia. And Hecate Zerinthia watches over Zerinthia. Right, mm-hmm. that was it. That was it. The whole she was given a whole brand new title for just this one little place, this one little town. Right, and I don't think Zerinthia even exists anymore. I don't think the town exists anymore. Anyway, if it does, it's not called Zerinthia anymore. Although there is still a Mount Zerinthia, I believe. Anyway, <coughs> so but there are gods mm-hmm. that are uh, that that will lay claim to particular areas. It's like we protect this area, mm-hmm. and every culture will have those. You've got gods in old Kemetic religions that are mm-hmm. like. The Nile is sacred for these reasons. Don't fuck with the Nile. Mm-hmm. You know, and the villages around that area usually are also going to be within that God's protection. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can appeal to those kinds of spirits as well. Mm-hmm. But it has to be more than, here's a chime candle. Oh, yeah. This is going to be big work. Especially if yeah. you're not... If your entire spiritual practice of working with a deity consists of, oh, I drank half my coffee. Here, Persephone, you can have the other half because mm-hmm. we're like best buds and you totally understand that I'm like super low on energy and have the big sad. Okay. If that's your entire spiritual practice, as much as this sounds ableist, I totally get it. But please understand this. If you're going to work on a bigger level, you have to think bigger. You're, yeah, you're going to need to do a lot more than that. Yeah. yeah. You have to think bigger. Understand that when you are focusing your magic and your power on a larger scale bigger things need to happen a fucking chime candle is not enough for all of the ukraine a fucking chime candle or a tea light is not enough for every goddamn club or bipoc or lgbtq plus individual we we know know you have a, a a particular personal issue and vendetta, I would go so far as to say, against chime candles. No, I don't. I use them. I work with them. They're great for offertory things and quick on-the-fly spells. But if you are focusing on a larger scale, you should probably use something that's going to last longer than 15 minutes to an hour. Well, I think that that's, you know, we, we've, we've touched upon this and we, we in, in prior episodes, and we do this quite a bit as a coven here. We ally with other covens mm-hmm. and other groups of practitioners around the world. We've done that successfully in the past to help combat fires in Australia. Mm-hmm. We've, we've done that a few times, um, you know, and so I would say to those of you maybe who are new to this kind of territory as it would relate to your magical work, um, don't be afraid to network. Don't be afraid to get onto some social media sites. Don't be afraid to get onto Reddit. Who knows? Whatever the hell you use. What are the young people using these days? Discord? Is it Discord and Twitch? I, it, might, um, it might be different. I anyway, know. I don't know. I'm, I'm old now and I can't keep track of this shit anymore. Um, anyway, but uh, but don't be afraid to get on some of these things and to network and to get mm-hmm. other people to, to, to do that working with you yeah. because all of those additional... Uh, 
focuses, all of that additional intent it will absolutely fuel, fuel, fuel yep. your spell. Um, those those worldwide spell efforts work. Um, all right. One of the things I was going to suggest in talking about protection over a particular space, you know, and whether this be something like like you know, Club Q, a queer bar, you know, whether this be an abortion clinic, mm-hmm. right, whatever it may be, right, these places that are always targeted by these violent fucking white Christian men, right, white Christian men. Well, the abortion um, clinics are usually white Christian women, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the white Christian women are, are also definitely a, a, a huge part of the problem because they enable their men um if nothing else uh but anyway whatever it is right is in doing that i will say that it's um one of the things i was going to suggest because i've done this in the past where i will make a particular item um how to word this without giving away details of how i've done this specifically okay so i will make an item and then what i'll do is i'll actually uh, charge that item or incorporate that item with a focus that basically is like this is going to be the pinnacle or the focus point of in essence what would prove to be like a shell or almost like a dome of protection around a particular space um, and I'll take that item and I'll actually throw that shit up on the roof of a building mm-hmm. and I'm like boom here you go as soon as the top of you hits the tar on the roof of this building or as soon as you hit the, you know, whatever, I'm just tripping on my words. As soon as you land where I need you to on the roof of this building, right? Spell is going, right? Um, and, and then what I'll do around that is I will then follow your lead. I will take a couple of other items to kind of be the wall or the mm-hmm. anchor for that, that particular item on the roof. And I'll place those around that area and kind of create um, kind of in kind of like a network of, of focus or a network of power around that space. Um, but I will say in doing that, do what you can to try to get permission before you start throwing shit on people's roofs. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so they at least know what you're doing and what's up there. And trust me, that can be tricky because a lot of people are going to be like, you're not throwing shit on my roof. Um, but uh, who knows, right? Maybe maybe they'll be cool with what you're doing, and they'll they'll be like, okay, hey, yeah, if it's going to keep this place safe, yeah, you know, and it's not going to hurt my building, go for it, mm-hmm. right? Um, okay, cool. All right, let's let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about what I I like to consider this to be. Honest, I like to consider this another component of protective work. Only this is less to do with defense and more to do with camouflage. Okay, so. Do you have anything that you would share in the realm of, say, like stealth or camouflage working that could be done to and and I want to be very clear on this, okay? because a lot of people hear this and they're like, I am not going to fucking hide. I have been hiding long enough and I'm tired of being quiet and I'm tired of letting these people do this shit. And I absolutely understand that because trust me, I'm there every fucking day at this point. But if you are in a space and a gunman busts into that space, Unless you are also armed or prepared to sacrifice your life to try to take that son of a bitch down, you're going to hide, right? So what could we do to help distract, to pull focus away from spaces and targets that, that maybe are likely to be victimized by these kinds of monsters? You could do a reverse mirror box. Okay. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? So a mirror box traditionally will be a container of some kind that has a mirror on the inside, whether this is mm-hmm. uh, broken glass, broken whatever. Yeah. Reflective. Yes. So by reversing it, what you're doing is you're 
putting it on the outside. So again, using a jar would be great. Okay. Um, and then naming that jar for that person or that place. You could do this with a poppet as well. Okay. Um, and then applying that reflective coating, basically. And as you're doing that, whatever coating you're using, mm-hmm. um, the idea is that when anything looks at this, they just see themselves. They don't actually acknowledge that there is another thing there. Okay. It's a glamour, essentially. Yeah, that's what this is. It's yes, this something would absolutely that, be glamour work. Yeah. If you if you were bullied and picked on in high school and you were kind of growing up as a witch, mm-hmm. and like me, I, again, I am not a physically violent person. I'm less likely to get into a physical altercation than I am to get into a magical altercation. Magical altercation, I'll fuck your bitch up. I don't give a shit. Um, physical altercation, I'd rather not. I'm too tired. And on top of that, I still to this day, I'm like, I don't know how to throw a punch. Oh, I'll teach you, baby. Uh, but also, I fight dirty. Because if I'm going to get into a physical altercation... <laughs> it's true. You're going to get into a fight. If I'm into a physical altercation, I'm not going to yeah. fight fair. I'm not going to do the whole, oh, I need to make sure I'm fighting fair. No, I'm going to probably rip no, your fucking throat you, out. You punch and kick until that person cannot get up. I will rip your goddamn throat out. I know enough about that anatomy that I know just how easy it is to destroy. Um, <laughs> but um, so that's what all those pedagogy classes were for. Yes. <clears throat> um, I know how to I know how to collapse a windpipe really really well um, with just my hands. So um, so that's what I would do. But if you were growing up and you were bullied like I was. It was very easy for you to just go, I'm just another part of the wall here. <coughs> Ignore yeah. me. Kind of like, like that wallflower approach, yes. right? Like if I'm just, if I'm quiet, if I keep my head down, right, they won't know me. I won't be worth it for them to, to mm-hmm. exert, exert their energy to torment me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, and it worked a lot. It worked so well for me when I was in high school that I was on the bus and someone actually sat on me at one point. Hmm. So, um, now. Tell me, Austin. Do the wheels on the bus go round and round? They do go round and round. Round and round. Round and round. The wheels on the bus do, in fact, go round and round. All through the town. All through the town? All through the town. Not just around the town? No, all through the town. Okay. Go on. So, um, but... I don't know if that would work with something as frantic as a gunman. Because you have to understand that when someone is in that state of mind... They're accessing the most primal parts of their brain. Mm-hmm. So much like with everything in, in magic and witchcraft, you need to have a little bit more than just a basic understanding of human anatomy and human psychology. You need to you, you don't need a fucking degree in it, but you need to understand that if someone is in a ravenous state of fight or flight and they're in fight, it doesn't matter how meek you make yourself. All that means is you're an easy target. So instead of stealth, you might need to make yourself just solid. Okay, so, all right, so I, I think at this point, maybe it is good to clarify. Most of the, mo- most of what we're going to be talking about in the realm of, of magical work in these, or against these kinds of situations is, really to be honest, it is preparatory work. Yeah. Right? These are like contingencies or things mm-hmm. that you do in advance. Right? Um, yeah, I'm going to say if you're, in a situation where a, a gunman has broken into wherever you're at and they're shooting people, yeah, that's probably not the time to, to fucking try to work a spell. That's the time to try to find a way out of the fucking building, right? Um, you know, but who knows, right? Um, um, there is, 
if you're focusing on a location you could do something that's more around like confusion mm-hmm. see if you can create like a net of confusion that's only activated it's a contingency spell it's activated mm-hmm. when that type of energy is brought in and when that person or thing or individual or spirit whatever is mm-hmm. brought into that space it's almost like um like a, a sense overwhelm where they get very confused, foggy, yeah. disoriented. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some really good effect with that just yeah. on personal wards. Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember there was one time where my dad came into my room. Uh, this is before my dad and I had a really good relationship like we do now. But he came into my room and he was in a mood. And like as soon as he crossed that threshold, like he just got this look over his head and it's like vertigo hit him. Okay. And, and yeah. it was like, you can't really throw a punch yeah. if you can't stand up. So, okay. Um, and, and a lot of that comes from n- knowing what parts of the, of the brain, body, and energy body you need to focus on. Yeah, that would take a little more knowledge, mm-hmm. I would think, you know, to focus your, that, to focus that kind of working on someone I mean, for something like that, yeah, you're you're gonna need a little more probably training and familiarity with some of these systems mm-hmm. and, and things. Yeah. Um, what would you do? You know, one of the things that I've liked to do over the years when it comes to stealthing, and I know the instinct when doing that kind of work is to is to focus on the self, but I also have seen pretty good results in focusing on the person that I'm trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and. In that situation, usually what I do is I will um, do something to limit their senses. Mm-hmm. So, like, I will use something, you know, again, say, like, like for, you know, for instance, right, like, maybe, like, a poppet, mm-hmm. right? And you deliberately do something after you've tag-locked that poppet and you've got some of the stuff in there, you know, and you, you've really built up the charge, you've done the work to make that poppet the, the focus, right? Mm-hmm. The tether, the anchor. Um, and then I'll do things like I'll, I'll, I'll block out that poppet's eyes mm-hmm. or I'll... Or I'll seal off its ears you bite know, you bind its hands you bite mm-hmm. its feet right you talked about binding earlier right and this is one of these ways where i could see like okay this would in a sense this would be a bind done mm-hmm. for protective or protective work right? well you could also <laughs> do something along the lines to uh make your energy mm-hmm. feel more akin to their energy mm-hmm. which means you're most likely going to go unnoticed uh, y- yes, I, I I will say yes that that can be a strategy that can work. But I'm also going to say, just be speaking for myself, um, usually these are people that I really really don't like, and the thought of making my energy seem like their energy makes me want to barf. Um, yes, I get that. So. Or or in, <clears throat> or in essence, cloaking yourself. Yeah, in I get their... it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it's like you, when you go hunting. You know, you douse yourself in in what is it? Uh, deer piss right mm-hmm. so that you know when you're hunting other deer they you know they don't realize oh you're not a deer mm-hmm. right um yeah anyway so okay all right okay let's let's move on what about we're kind of shifting into something that would kind of be again kind of along the lines of what i was just saying with focusing more on the the enemy or who would i guess kind of be perceived to be the enemy right because this could get tricky again if you're doing this in a way that's kind of like where you're preparatory or this is a contingency you're doing this in advance with the hope obviously but maybe sometimes the idea that this could be a risk at some point right um you have to be careful in the way that you would craft an item like this but or do a working like this uh, because it would need to be a bit open Mm -hmm. 
right? Uh, because ultimately you might not know exactly who your target would be, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but what about something along the lines of, say, like, like, again, silencing your enemy? Doing something, and to be clear, let me clarify that, something that would rob your enemy of the power that they have to be able to take action against you is really kind of what I'm talking about here. Oh, well, we have the good old cowtung curse. Well, yes. I mean, and if we're talking about, again, human garbage bags like Marjorie Taylor Greene, yes. Doing something to bind her hideous tongue, oh god, yes, amazing. While I'm at it, let's do a few other things to her because she really fucking deserves it. But I'm not just talking about the way these people speak. Okay, that certainly is a big one, right? Because mm -hmm. most of these people are cowards. And when it comes to actually doing anything to really cause harm, they, they're all talk. They wait for the crazy people who listen to them to do mm -hmm. that. Right, um, but what could we do, say, to um, limit someone's ability mm -hmm. to really again to take action against someone, to really to, to victimize someone? What about you know doing something, say, like we're going to bind you, we're going to do something that is going to uh, maybe influence you to make this decision rather than this decision? You could also do right? a, a, a cotton ear spell. Exactly. Where basically you would create a poppet of said person mm. um, and stuff the ears. You would have to make ears. You could also just use a jar. Jars work just yeah. as well. Uh -huh. um, and basically fill it with cotton and mineral oil. Yeah. And the idea is that no matter what, it's just, it's not going to land. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking of other things, too. Like, maybe it comes down to, like, distraction. So I'm thinking of a spell that we did as a coven not too long ago, actually, mm -hmm. where we took the target, someone who was who was trying to make trouble for us, mm -hmm. and we took a taglock of this person, and we basically buried her in a, a mass of, of rice. You know, and the focus of that was basically, like, until you count every grain of this rice, you will be powerless to work against us. Mm -hmm. Right? And, you know, and that was a component of that working. You know, and so I think even something with the realm of just distracting these people, like, you know, like, let's give them another boogeyman to chase for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Why don't we focus this hateful, angry person on, you know, who knows, maybe the evils of, oh, God, I don't know. That's tricky, right? Because they're the ones that are usually behind all the evil. Mm -hmm. um, so it's difficult trying to get them to target something evil because, in essence, in doing that, they're basically just harming themselves. Uh, I'd have to think on that a little bit more, right? But basically doing something to, to get them to leave you alone. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now we know that some of these people have some sort of protection around them, right? Um, if we're talking about some of these political leaders, they do. Because well, they, just they've other... got the backing of a lot of the, uh, the conservative occultists that work for the government. And I know that might sound conspiracy theorist to those of you listening to this, but I assure you... The government of pretty much every major country, the monarchy, the presidency, the premier, the prime minister, whatever the fuck they call themselves, the parliament, these people, they have occultists and witches and magical practitioners on retainer. They do. And if that sounds ridiculous, I want you to pick up a history book because kings and queens for millennia have had psychics and astrologers and viziers and counselors and whatever fucking title they used they've there's always been somebody around the corner working spells for the king mm -hmm. right and that has not changed and so yes yeah, so we do have to combat those influences as well um one that i like utilizes a 
form of acid and eggs. Acid mm-hmm. and eggs. Okay, mm-hmm. can you clarify acid? It's vinegar. Okay, all right. So so a solvent. Yep. In essence. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Um, oh, God, I don't know if I want to reveal this. We've talked about this. So you're talking about basically just, you're just the, the eggshell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go for it. So... You don't need to talk about what you did it for, but you can describe the process. The process is you basically baptize an egg for this person. You name this egg. Um, you can so, even okay. so how would okay? So hold on, really quickly, I'm gonna stop you. Just okay. So because again, we're looking at potentially like focusing on a contingency, say for something like like a random gunman that might shoot up a gay club, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't have a specific identity. You don't have a specific person to focus on. So in that situation, what would you baptize that egg for? Uh, just I'd baptize it for just like you said the the attacker okay so whoever any, means any, me harm anyone that would bring violence to this space yes anyone that would bring okay. violence harm <coughs> and hatred to this space <coughs> okay right. um, and basically you'd baptize this egg okay um, you could if you're doing it generally then you could draw on the egg and make this egg look mean and evil and scary um and then you could anoint it with some sort of baneful oil or a blasting oil. Okay. Um, and then you could even use Forthy's vinegar. Forthy's vinegar is really, really good at causing dissent among enemies. Okay. Um, it's great for protection of a household and space, but it's also really good for baneful work. Yeah, that's and true. And then you would th- put that egg in there. And as you're pouring the vinegar and chanting over it, and adding other things that are really good for for attack. You could add nails, you could add fucking dead spiders, you know, whatever you're doing. Yeah. And filling it up, yeah. your, uh, all your protections fade away. The minute you attack, the minute anything happens, this fades away. You come in and you're... You know, if you're wearing a Kevlar vest, it's faulty. If you're, you have a gun, your gun backfires on you. Um, you know, things like this, whatever it is. And then you could plant that in the place that you're trying to protect. Okay. Yeah. And then if you remember where it's at, just make sure you go and you continuously feed it. That's the thing that you need to, that a lot of people forget. Is they do a set it and forget it. And then they forget it. And then, you know, months later, they're like... Oh yeah, that spell I did. When you get reminded of a spell you did, that's probably a sign from your spirits. Like you should probably go feed that spell yeah, or do go, something yeah, to focus them. Go check, them go check on that. Yeah. Or there could be something wrong with your spell. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. This one is one that I. This is so hard because we we dealt with this situation in the last couple of weeks after the Club Q shooting where we had members of our own coven contacting us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and angry at that situation and wanting to do something offensive and baneful to against that, that gunman, mm-hmm. you know, and we had to kind of talk those coveners down a little bit and say, you know what, while you were absolutely justified in feeling this way, and while this is absolutely, yes, an appropriate way to handle a situation like this, let's think about this and maybe figure out another way. Mm-hmm. Because right now, the violence is, is done. Yep. The damage has been done. At least for this particular situation, right? Mm-hmm. Because we know that violence against the LGBTQ plus community happens every day. Mm-hmm. Right? Nothing new. 
right? So happy, 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 lovely world to live in. Um, at that point, though, and this would be something that would be less a proactive, less a contingency or a preparative kind of a thing, and really kind of more of a response, right? Mm -hmm. But healing work. Yes. Healing work for the people who were impacted by that that violence mm -hmm. and that hurt. So how would you structure a, a working of healing for a community of people that had been harmed? Oh, that's really easy. I'm going to go full on conjure. Vigil. Okay. Setting of lights. Okay. So explain that a little bit, though. So what does that look like? Because I think a lot of people are like, they've never done a setting of lights. They've not been part of that. I think everyone knows what a, vil a vigil is. Mm -hmm. But a setting of lights is a bit different. So a setting of lights usually has a very particular purpose. In Conjure, um, when you do a setting of lights, each candle has a different focus, usually. You know, these people want this, these people want this. It's basically a candle spell. But what you do with a setting of lights, and it's focused around healing of a community, is you need pictures of those people. You don't need pictures, but you need names. You have to have names of the people who are affected, the family, the people who were killed. Um, and you want to keep your candles to white and light blues, because blue is good for emotional healing. Okay. Um, you want to stick with herbs that are about um, release, that are about freedom, that are about strength. So lavender for peace, obviously everyone knows that. But then not a lot of people uh, think about things like yarrow. Yarrow is such a good and powerful healing herb because it's it has a good kick to it uh people really don't think about things like um this if this was i'm just using club q for example there's a lot of queer and trans people so damiana yeah damiana yeah. which a lot of people associate with an aphrodisia uh, an aphrodisiac but damiana is also a very potent healing thing particularly because this was structured this hate was structured around someone's sexuality yeah. and simply who they love yeah. roses you know but the color of rose is important, you know? Yeah. Red is for love, but if you want something like this that's like, we see you, we hear you, we feel your sorrow, white roses. These are going to be offerings to those spirits that you're, that you're calling in and acknowledging. Yeah. Um, things like, uh, hell, if you can get your hands on it, forget-me-nots, mm -hmm. rosemary for remembrance, yeah. stuff like that. Those are the things you're going to want. Um, and it needs, it's not just a, okay, now I lit these candles and I'm done. I'm going to go about my day. It is, you're sitting for probably a good hour focusing yeah. on these things and you're reciting prayers and names and wishes and sending this out and collectively sending this energy to them. You're evoking individual spirits of these people and saying, I see you, mm -hmm. I acknowledge you, <clears throat> and I understand that you are in pain right now. But right now, what you need to focus on is you need to let go, so that way you can more effectively work to turn the tides. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. A setting of lights is always a good way to do that. Um, beyond that, a setting of lights is always a nice way to do that work, because usually a setting of lights, it's easier for you to, to gather people mm -hmm. for that, right? Even people maybe who aren't witchy are mm -hmm. usually willing to show up for a vigil. Yep. Right? Um, yeah. Okay. Ugh. All right. Well, I don't know. 
I wanted to provide some examples on, on ways that we could work magically against something like this, but I don't know. What are the obstacles you think maybe to be aware of for something like this? We already touched upon a couple, but in looking at workings like this, what are things maybe that we really do need to consider, you know, when we look at opposing sources of energy? Again, I'm going to go back to to my, my very first comment, and it, it's, if you have never worked something this big before, if you've never had to flex that big daddy, big mommy, big they them muscle of magic, this is not something you should undertake on your own. You're going to burn yourself out magically, and if you're already struggling making sure the water is clean on your altar, you're not going to be able to complete this huge spell no matter where your heart is at. So for you to first effectively do this type of magic, you need to check in with where you're at. Yeah. Because you're not doing this work. <clears throat> yes, it can affect you, but you're not doing it for you specifically. You're mm -hmm. doing it for a large community. Yeah. Also, what right do you have to help that community? Because if you are a, and again, no hate, no shade to our cisgendered straight allies and friends. But if you are blonde hair, blue eyed in Utah, grew up Mormon, still have family members who love you, who, you know, you came out of the blue and cause I'm like, that's fine. You're totally fine. And you've never really seen any form of religious oppression other than I really didn't like the church. So I left. You don't have any idea what anyone in, uh, in this situation particular is going through. And yes, you can be compassionate, Mm -hmm. But it is your duty to feel it. You need to feel what we feel. And then not claim it as yours. There's, well, I, okay. there's, Go ahead. Go there's ahead. one thing that a lot of people, particularly in the light work community, do. And it's, I'm just so sad for this community. Okay. Me. It's not about you. Me, me, me. It's not about you. So if you are not a part of the community, this isn't about you. And you shouldn't make it about you. Well, I also... We need to be very careful with that kind of thinking, though, because that kind of thinking is something that a lot of people will justify to basically let themselves off the hook. No, I'm not saying don't do anything. any kind of responsibility for some of this stuff. See, and I'm not saying don't do anything, and I'm not saying don't do that. I'm <clears> saying <throat> you'll never understand it because you've not lived it you've mm -hmm. not experienced it okay you know so so would you say with that in mind that it would be good for anybody who maybe was looking at approaching uh this kind of situation you know the issue of of, of violence gun violence right. whatever kind of violence it is right um whatever the, the the place the country the people whoever they may be right um that it is probably good for you to sit down and actually look very closely at what you logically understand mm -hmm. about that community yes. before you act magically. Yes. Right? Like, I know there were a lot of really well-meaning people back going back to the BLM marches mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, right? Which also, it's like everybody seems to have fucking forgot. Like, oh, yeah, BLM, yeah, it used to be a thing. It's like, no, it still is very much a thing. Yep. You know, and people are like, well, we don't talk about it anymore. I guess they got what they wanted. It's like, no, they fucking haven't. This is still a problem. You know, uh, anyway, so, but 
there were a lot of really well-meaning people within the witch community when all of that was going on that were like, we need to do spells to protect the protesters, and we need to do curses against the police who hurt who hurt people of color, right? We need to, you know, we need to, you know, and you know, and there was more than one occasion where, like, I was like, okay, I wanted to pull these people aside and say, okay, but do you really understand enough about the history of racism, the issues of white supremacy, particularly white supremacy mm-hmm. that has infiltrated the police departments mm-hmm. in these cities, right? Do you understand the pieces of this? Do you understand the social issues and what it is that these mm-hmm. communities are asking for by way of equal treatment? Do you understand these pieces enough to really effectively work the best spell? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you're probably just wasting your energy. Mm-hmm. Well, on top of that, Do you understand how you have benefited from the systemic racism? Well, I think that's a big part of it. When you when you look at being able to dig into and understand these things, you know, I mean that that's the thing that I you know you you talked a moment ago and we we've, we've talked a few times now about you know we we love our cis allies, our cisgender allies, right, and our heterosexual allies, right. But you know, one and this is a situation that that came up recently, right, <clears throat> for me with a personal connection. Okay, I have. A, a friend who's been a friend, and as the years have progressed, she's really developed. She's less and less a friend, and really kind of more of someone just like, yeah, we used to, we we know each other, we used to hang out, but now we're really basically just acquaintances, right? Because mm-hmm. life led us in different directions. One of the reason that our reasons that life went in different directions for us is she decided she was gonna gonna tie herself or marry this this piece of shit who is just a, a big time homophobe. He does not like gay people. You know, and he's one of those kinds of straight dudes that'll like he'll act to be like, Oh yeah, gay people are cool. You know, I don't have a problem with gays. You know, and then the next time a party happens and he gets a couple beers in him, the first thing he does is start telling fag jokes. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and he starts to get belligerent with the LGBTQ plus people that are at the party. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's one of these pieces of shit. Right? And so and that's just of course one of the reasons why she and I are not as close as we used to be, right? Because rather than looking at that situation going totally inappropriate one i probably never should have married him to begin with two if i really cared enough about my marriage and these other people that i'm saying telling you know telling that i love them right i would probably be sitting this motherfucker down and saying these are the reasons why this is wrong you need to figure it out you need to go to therapy you need to look very carefully at why you carry this bigotry and this hatred in you because this is totally unacceptable and until you can change this don't fucking talk to me in fact you go live in a hotel for a little bit while you figure out your shit, yep. right? And of course, she's not going to do that, oh, no. right? So I struggle a little bit with this idea of um, learning and understanding and knowing how you've benefited from things because we have people who are looking us in the eye and saying, I'm an ally, I'm on your side. And then in their next breath, they're turning a blind eye and excuse. In their next breath, they're <clears throat> stopping by Chick-fil-A. This behavior, exactly, exactly. This is the, These are the same people that are like, I love my gay friends. <gasps> Gotta go to Chick-fil-A. The chicken and the lemonade are so good. And they're not. The chicken is greasy and disgusting and the lemonade tastes like piss. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, so we, we've got to look very carefully and we've got to be honest about that, right? You're like people like you need to figure out how you benefit from these communities because you absolutely do. If you are a cisgender, white, heterosexual person in the US of A and mm-hmm. pretty much every other what we call it quote unquote first world country, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck that means anymore, right? Um, you are absolutely benefiting every fucking day from the BIPOC and the LGBTQ plus communities. Mm-hmm. Your culture, your lives would not be what they are without us. Mm-hmm. Bow down to your overlord. Just kidding. No. Um, anyway, 
So you need to learn these things. You need to yes. figure this out before you really go into the process of, I think, of trying to craft and, an effective spell. And here's the thing. Most LGBTQ people were pretty cool. Like, if you want to have an open dialogue with us, I'm not pretty cool. cool. I'm not cool. Um, nah. However, there are BIPOC individuals who've had this conversation with you over and over and over and over until they are out of breath. They are tired. It is no longer our minorities. It's not the minority's job to educate you anymore. Mm-hmm. You have but Google if we don't at do your it, fucking fingertips. But if we don't do it, see, I had this this discussion exactly. But if we don't do it, <laughs> well, see, I had this discussion, and this is not about LGBTQ plus. Okay, so I had this discussion uh, through social media with someone a, a few weeks back. Um, they contacted me, and this was someone who wanted to have the is gypsy a swear word. Is gypsy a slur conversation? And they're like, "Well, you're a Roman man. Can you tell me what's your what's your take on this?" And I had to give, basically give them like, "You know what? You know, Romani people can identify however the fuck they want, mm-hmm. right? And if you've got a Roma or Romani person out there that's like, I'm okay using the word or describing myself as a gypsy, then wonderful. That person gets to do that. Mm-hmm. But you, as a non-gypsy, you fucking don't. Yeah. So get that word out of your mouth." Right, and so I had to explain this to this person. They're like, "Well," and I was, and I was at both at the same time. I was both. Like, fuck, again? I have to have this conversation again? Mm-hmm. You haven't heard this enough already? You know, mm-hmm. and then at the same time, I have to pull that back and I have to say, okay, they probably haven't because if they had, we wouldn't be having this talk now. Also, if I don't step up and give this person a little bit of knowledge and education on this as somebody who was a part of this community, no one else ever may. Mm-hmm. Or and- they're going to go to the person <clears throat> with... Gypsy in their screen. Yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah, they're gonna talk to their light worker buddy whose name is Gypsy blah 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 light worker angel farts, you know, who's gonna say like it's all about being a free spirit. You can call yourself gypsy. It's like shut the fuck up, Brittany. You know? <clears throat> anyway, so I had to have this conversation, you know, and it's and it, you're you're absolutely right. You know, it's one of those like, okay, it's exhausting. It's like we don't wanna have to keep telling you why we feel the way that we do. We don't want to have to keep telling you why we're, we've been shit on and why we've been targeted and singled out and why we still live in a world that makes us fearful a lot of the time for whatever reason, maybe because we're black, we're gay, we're, you know, whatever the fuck, right? We're women, right? Ugh, you know, like, um, you know, and so, yeah, so it is, you, we do need to be mindful of that, right? If you're ever, you listening to this, if you ever are curious about someone who is part of a marginalized community or if you are ever curious about some aspect of a marginalized community a culture a practice whatever right and you're considering like i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can track down somebody who's a part of this community and i'm gonna ask them questions about this be prepared for a little bit of grief from that person because most of us are fucking tired of having to explain that shit yep you know, and if and if you are if you approach us and you're earnest and you're respectful, after we go again, we'll probably still take a moment. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably still explain it to you, um, but don't make us explain it more than once. Exactly, and respect what we tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not sure, don't do it. Exactly. It really is that easy. Yeah. If you're the type of person who's like, oh, well, I don't know if this is a slur, probably just don't use that word. Yeah. Like, common sense? Yeah. You know, um, I, I I had to have this conversation in my Awakening in the Witch class. Someone called me a warlock. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you are. You're a warlock. And I'm like, Ugh. and I was like, first off, 
I don't fucking care what you call me, but you need to understand the connotations of that word. On top of that, it doesn't actually mean oathbreaker like most people think it does. No, it, it's a bullshit word. It's a bullshit word, but it does mean like someone who is a sorcerer. Well, now, 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 you know. So, so, and I had to explain to her. I'm like, so no, I'm a witch, and then she's like, well, I'm a woman, and I only women can be witches. And I was like, no, no, no. Which is a term that is very gender neutral. You should have asked her, like, what qualifies you as a woman? I love that when people do, like, well, I'm a woman. It's like, well, what qualifies you as a woman? Is it because you, like, what, you, you have a vagina? It's like, like, well, there are a lot of trans people out there who have mm-hmm. vaginas. Are they not women? Mm-hmm. Right? Or are they women? Right? Even though maybe they've transitioned to, to you know, like an F to M. Mm-hmm. They're no longer a woman, right? They may biologically or physically still have a vagina, right? Um... I love the one that, I, that I've tripped up with a couple of women over the years. Like, well, I'm a woman because because I'm. Uh, oh God, what do they say? Oh God, it's been a minute. I went one when at least she, I was like, well, what what quantifies you as or qualifies you as a woman? And she's like, well, I'm a woman because I have a period, and I'm you know, and I have a menstrual cycle because of my female reproductive system, you know. And this woman was easily in her sixties. I'm like, but do you still have a menstrual cycle? Because I'm looking at you right now, and I can't say for sure, and I don't really want to know, but I'm betting that if you haven't quite yet hit menopause, that you're getting pretty fucking close, you know, or maybe you're on the tail end, because it's different for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so at the moment that your menstrual cycle changed, the moment that your you, the menopause hit and you quit having that monthly period, did you cease to be a woman? By your logic, yes, you did. You know, I love to pull shit like that on people because I'm a jerk and because people are idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, I distracted you. I, I interrupted you, and I apologize for that. Um, that's what I do, though, don't I? I interrupt you. That's okay. I'm a terrible person. But, you know, so so it's, it's, it's exhausting to continue to have these things, especially when you have at your fingertips the ability <clears throat> to simply look it up. There's there is an app where you can get free books, and you can fucking read. And if your if your response if your response is well, I don't want to have to do that. That's privilege. Word. That's privilege. If you don't want to be bothered, if you can't be bothered enough to put Google, why is Gypsy a slur? If you can't be bothered enough to Google mm-hmm. that and you just need the answer given to you straight up, mm. then someone of a Romani or Roma's descent or who is considered Romnashal, <clears throat> then guess what? They don't need to give you any form of softness. Uh, they can be as belligerent to you as possible around that. Well, Because you <clears throat> refuse to do your work. Part. And that's just my opinion. No, uh, no, I, I, I that's agree. just my with, opinion. No, I agree with you too. You know, point, it's just like again, that's kind of very much a case by case kind of thing, right? I, I, I personally, you know, I, I know I, I am a jerk, and I, I can really, I, I, I have moments like the story I was just sharing where I do toy with people, but usually that's only after they've convinced me in some way, they've said something or done something that has shown me like you really don't want to learn, you really don't want to be better, mm-hmm. right? You know, and then I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna toy with you, 
now because you pissed me off, right? If they, if I can see that they like, I really do want to learn. I really want to be better. Like I'm really, I'm trying to be a good person, right? These are those are the people like I have all the compassion in the world for you. Let's sit down and let's talk, right? Um, so you know, but I, so I do try mm, it to depends be, on my mood. But um, yeah, well, exactly, right? And everybody's gonna have a bad day, right? Um, <clears throat> okay. Um, I was gonna ask you a question, and I, I lost my, uh, I lost my line of where I was gonna go with that question. You, it's funny because you, know, you talk about how these people don't know things, right? But they, the things that they do, yeah. a lot of the time, you were in, I was standing in line at the pharmacy a few weeks back, right? Mm-hmm. And the pharmacy over here is horrendous. Oh my God. The person who manages that, the shop that this pharmacy is in, is has got to be the worst manager or just a horrible human being because they obviously have a very difficult time keeping staff, people mm-hmm. working there. And there's never enough people in the pharmacy. <clears throat> to, to help you. So I'm waiting in line to pick up my medication. And there are, of course, these two fucking old white farts in line in front of mm-hmm. me. Right. And they're, and they're talking about just, you know, just random shit, random shit. And the one on the left who, you know, had about three teeth in his mouth and was clearly an idiot. Three teeth in um, his mouth, looked dirty, smelled a high heaven of cigarette yeah, smoke. Anyway, that's okay. You know, anyway, but he, NBO. he, um, you know what is what is what is the uh, he was a, a deplorable um, would have been the word that Hillary Clinton would have used um, anyway um, he starts going on and on and on about and he again this is the thing that cracked me up like I was at the same time it was one of those weird, weird moments kind of like what I was explaining a moment ago where I felt conflict in the moment I'm like do I fucking say something to this guy because if I say something and he gets belligerent that means I'm gonna have to punch this fucker out in the middle of the drugstore and I'm gonna probably have to go to jail Right, and I'm not going to get my medication, right? Or, you know, do I say something, and then do I maybe look like the asshole because I, you know, decided to, you know, basically attack or critically verbally, you know, assault this person in a public space? Anyway, right? It was one of those like weird. But then at the same time, it was like I'm like, fuck this dude, fuck, ah, you know. And then at the same time, like a part of me that like I had to, like, stifle a laugh. Because this son of a bitch, he's standing there and he's talking about all the shit that's wrong with the world and all the shit that's wrong with America and all the shit that's wrong with Utah and our country and our city. And, of course, who does he blame? The damn Mexicans. There weren't so many fucking Mexicans. Blah, blah, blah. They're just sneaking over the border and they're bringing drugs and crime. And he's just spouting the whole Trumpian Republican bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. That raise the wall kind of mentality. Yes, meanwhile, right? he has three teeth, you know? which means he's probably on meth. Who the fuck knows, right? Anyway, but you know, he's going to, you know, the thing is, though, and the reason why I say I have to stifle a little bit of a laugh is before that son of a bitch said that, before he started going to the damn Mexicans, right? Before he said that, he had to look around. Like, he looked around. Like, he turned around and locked eyes with me. And then looked past me. And then looked at the aisle over here. Like, he he had to check. He's like, oh, I gotta make sure there isn't a Mexican or a Latino person in the area that might possibly hear me being a racist piece of shit. Right? So they know. They know they're wrong. They know the way they think is wrong. Mm -hmm. They're not gonna change. Right? But they know they're wrong. And so I I, I think about that. And that's just the latest example of a situation I had where some ignorant piece of shit like this garbage bag human, some ignorant person like this, they, they, they do this. They carry these beliefs and they know they're wrong. They know they're wrong because if they didn't, they wouldn't look around the room to see who else is going to be listening to me talk this idiot, this, Mm -hmm. this bullshit. Right. So, oh, I should have punched that dude in the fucking back of the head, man. Then I would have been spending Thanksgiving in jail. I would have supported you. We would have bailed you out. Anyway, 
God, somebody is blowing up my cell phone over here. Good Lord. Um, I have rambled on enough, and we are at an hour and a half, over an hour and a half in this episode, and I don't know, I think we've provided some good answers. This episode, for at least some of the runs we've done recently, has been particularly fiery, and a lot of that's on me, and if you have hung out for the last hour and a half, I apologize for all of the swearing and the anger, but um, I'm mad. I'm mad. Is there anything you'd like to add before we we sign off, Austin? Black lives matter. Black trans lives matter. BIPOC lives matter. LGBTQ plus lives matter. Just be a better person. Mm -hmm. Punch your local Nazi. We, you know, we talk about that a lot. And I'm going to actually say like, be, be very careful about punching Nazis. While it's always a good thing to do. Flat your local Trump tires. um, Make, make sure of course that you're, very careful in doing that because we live in a country where the Nazis aren't the ones that go to jail. You are. And most of the time the Nazis are armed. And because they're cowards, very rarely do you find them by themselves. They usually have a bunch of buddies with them. Yeah. And they they are violent by nature. Um, so, yes. So, fuck pacifism. Do violence against the violent. Um but be very careful about that because, again, we live in a country where you, you will be the one that will suffer. Mm-hmm. So, again, use your magic instead, right? Handle the mundane shit in a legal manner and then do all the baneful work that you possibly can when it comes to your magic. Someone's flying practice. a Trump flag in their yard. You just go ahead and bury a nice little curse there. And we have that neighbor that's got a, that was flying a Trump flag for a while. And the thing is, is that his, his flagpole was, like, right out in the open. Mm-hmm. And he was an idiot too, because like when you fly a flag for something you respect, you're supposed to take that shit down at night mm-hmm. or, or in snowstorms and rainstorms and shit. And he would nothing was just up at all hours. Yeah, these it people who been, are, I'm I'm patriotic. No, you're not. Yeah. You're a nationalist, yeah. and you don't understand how any of this works. Yeah. yeah, I thought though there were a couple nights where I was like, I bet I could walk over here in the middle of the night, and I could. Take well, you know that motherfucker's paranoid. Take that flag. That motherfucker's really paranoid. You know he has easy. security cameras. Well, sure. probably, but he'd still have to catch me. I don't know. I thought about it though. He took that thing down though when when Biden got elected. He took that flag down. I think he knew. He's like, if this if I keep flying this fucking thing here sooner or later, someone's gonna come over here and make trouble for me. Well, he but now he has <clears> the <throat> "Don't tread on me" flag. Yes, which is also a uh, yeah. I see that, and I'm like, okay, if you're going to fly a don't try to me flag, that basically tells me that you're still a fucking Trump supporter. Um, it just tells me that you're so scared that you have to sleep with your gun. What are you so scared of? What are these, is it, what is it, small, small minds are ruled by fear? Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, usually they're not very bright, these people. It's okay. I'll be surprised if we have any listeners to our podcast, if we continue to do episodes like this one. <laughs> Oh well. Like, share, all that great <coughs> stuff. Send us emails at the salty witches podcast at gmail.com if you have listening suggestions. We had a, a, a comment on uh, our Elemental Spirits episode actually from someone that um, really enjoyed that episode. And we touched upon a couple things in that episode where they were like, oh my God, like it's like you guys were speaking to my life story so it was kind of cool to get a little bit of that feedback they were they were very happy and they said that we um as usual we usually make them laugh 
Um, yeah, I, I have no emails from anyone in the salty which is podcast at gmail.com. Well, people are busy, especially this time of year. Um, speaking of that, okay, um, we're we'll be back next week with another episode, but I think we we might take a couple of weeks at, at the end of December off. There's a lot going on with the holidays. There's a lot going on with Kevin. There's a lot going on with the shop. And um, we, we may just not have the extra availability to record a podcast. But we'll let you know. We'll keep you our listeners updated. Um, but, yes, but we will be back next week. Austin, you're adorable. Thank you so much for, for sitting here and weathering the storm of my, 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 uh, my anger. Yeah, of course. No problem. I mean, I'm angry, too. I just, I don't know. I just, I get frustrated because I'm like, well, it's just another day, I guess. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, that apathy is not a good thing, though. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you.